You know, in this years that we've had, these last two years, have just seemed like we're stuck on the movie uh, Groundhog Day, you know? <laughs> it's the same thing over and over again every day. And I have talked to a number of people over the last year that have talked to me about the things that are going on in their churches or in their lives that are negative. And I thought, we need to really celebrate what the Lord is doing here. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what God is doing here at Trinity Baptist Church. He is not only here in our community, but beyond worldwide. You saw our mission effort and... Um, I'm just, I am really excited to see what the Lord is doing in and through each and every one of you. And I'm glad to be a part of that when God is moving. So we're going to look forward. We're going to count our blessings and look forward. In doing so, I'll be in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14, to do just that. For the Apostle Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So many of our people this past year have received that prize as God has called them home. I don't know about you, but I do not like New Year's resolutions. I don't make them. I used to when I was younger and broke them two weeks later, so why make them when you know you're going to break them? I used to hate it when I was uh, members of health clubs or gyms or spas, whatever you want to call them. And you'd go to the weight room in January, you'd almost hold your breath. Because in January, everybody's made a resolution to start getting physically fit. And so you can't get to the weights, you can't get to the exercise machine, because everybody with these New Year's resolutions are there. And so you can't get there until probably two weeks later, and then they start falling off again. Same way with dieting or anything else that you want to do. We want to break it down. I don't know about you, sometimes I feel like my goal for 2022 is to accomplish the goals of 2021, <laughs> which I should have done in 2020 because I made a promise in 2019 and planned it in 2018. <laughs> I don't know. You've been there, done that, now what, you know? This is where we are, second day of this brand spanking new year. There are several things that I want to leave with you today, though. First of all, the Apostle Paul got it. He understood what was going on in his life, spiritually uh, speaking, as he began to mature in the Lord and was walking closer to the Lord. He knew where he was. Verses 12 through 13a says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. I'm not there yet. I'm still a work in progress. I am still not where I need to be spiritually. I don't know about you, but I can say a loud amen to that for my own life. I'm not where I need to be, but I thank God that I'm closer than I was before. And so we're still in, in this journey called life. And it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And it is a journey. 
And there's joy in the journey, folks, to get there. There's, there's pain and there's growth and there's all those other things, but there's joy in the journey. And so he understood, as he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He knew that Jesus was like a coach or a teacher or a parent that saw so much uh, ability and capabilities in the Apostle Paul. He was there to literally unleash all of that ability that he had to, to become the kind of person that God had intended for Paul to become. And I feel that with you and with me. It's like uh, if you use the analogy of a coach or a teacher or a parent who, try, who sees that untapped potential in, in that person. And that coach just tries to drill you to the point where as an athlete your abilities begin to be honed you begin to understand what they're trying to tell you to do. Or that teacher that is trying to extract that second effort out of you or that parent that knows what you can become if you only put yourself to the task. He is saying, Jesus has it and I haven't really gotten hold of it yet. He's still manipulating me. He's still molding me into all that He wants me to become. And I'm not there yet but I'm in the process of becoming there. He's not there because he still doesn't understand fully God's perception and purpose of his life. You can say the same thing. As long as there's breath in your body, God has a way for you, a will for you. He is saying, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I haven't taken hold of it yet, he says. I'm still working. I'm getting it, though. I'm getting there. So, what are we going to do for 2022? We're going to become one thing people. Okay? No resolutions. I know you're talking about goals and strategies and game plans and all of those things. We could have notebooks upon notebooks of those things. But let's focus on that one thing. Look what he says. He said, one thing I do. One thing. What was that one thing? One of my favorite movies is that movie City Slickers. Some of you have seen that one. Uh, Jack Palance. Love Jack Palance. He's got that steel jaw, you know. He just looks grizzled. And then you've got Billy Crystal, who doesn't look any of those things. And Billy Crystal goes with his friends, and they go to a dude ranch because they're city slickers. They don't know anything about ranching, and they figure this will help them find out a little bit more about their life. It's an adventure that they've never done before. Well, as Palance and Crystal are riding slowly across the range on horseback, discussing life and love, Jack Palance plays a wily cowpoke while Crystal is a tenderfoot from Los Angeles who has paid for a two-week dude ranch vacation. Of course, he gets more than he bargained for, and in the process, Crystal learns something more important about himself. Jack Palance leans back and in the saddle and says, a cowboy leads a different kind of life when there were cowboys. They're a dying breed, he says. Still means something to me, though. In a couple of days, we'll move this herd across the river, drive them through the valley. Huh. Huh. 
There's nothing more like bringing in this herd. Billy Crystal looks at him and says, You see, that's great. Your life makes sense to you. And Palance laughs, and Crystal says, What? What's so funny? So Palance says, You city folk, you worry a lot, don't you? How old are you, 38? Crystal says, 39. Palance says, Yeah, you, you all come out here about the same age, same problems, spend 50 weeks a year getting knots in your rope, then, then you think you can have two weeks up here that will untie them for you. None of you get it. Long pause. Do you know what the secret of life is? Crystal says, no. What? So Palance holds up one finger. Crystal says, your finger? <laughs> Palance says, one thing. Just one thing thing. You stick to that and nothing else matters. To which Crystal says, that's great. But what's that one thing? Palance says, that would, that's what you've got to figure out. One thing. Listen to what some of the biblical characters said about it. David, Psalms 27 says, one thing I ask of the Lord. One thing. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Mary and Martha were having this little disagreement over Mary's inability of doing kitchen duties. Martha began to complain to Jesus about it. Luke 10 sees Jesus' response to Martha. He says to her, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. Figure it out, Martha. What's that one thing? And then there is this situation with us. One thing. What is it for you? What is that one thing that drives you on a daily basis? Before your feet hit the, uh, the floor in the morning, what's that one thing that, that absolutely gathers your attention? I'm praying that this one thing will be Jesus. That one thing. You know, we want to put the past behind us. Paul says in verse 13, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, Forgetting all the failures and mistakes. One of my favorite philosophers, Charles Schultz. Make no bones about it. My philosophy comes in different forms and categories. He shows Lucy, who has never been kind to Charlie Brown, Lucy sitting there at her psychiatric help desk, you know, help five cents, and it's probably worth exactly that. But she's looking at Charlie Brown. She said, you know, sometimes I feel that we're not communicating. You, Charlie Brown, are a foul ball in the line drive of life. <laughs> she looks at him and she says, you're in the shadow of your own goalpost. You are a miscue. 
You are three putts on the 18th green. You are a 7-10 split in the 10th frame. A love set. Then she continues and she says, You have dropped a rod and reel in the lake of life. You are a missed free throw, a shanked nine iron, and a called third strike. Do you understand? Have I made myself clear, Lucy says? Charlie Brown kind of drops his head and then looks back at her and yells, Just wait till next year. I don't know about you, but that's the way a lot of us feel with 2021 in the rearview mirror. You know, when you look at your car and you look at the rearview mirror, there's an interesting uh, thing at work here. The rearview mirror is so much smaller than the front windshield for a reason. You should spend a lot less time looking in the rearview mirror than you do out the front windshield. The front windshield's about 10 times the size of the rearview mirror. God designed us to be forward-facing and forward-looking. We need to, as Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. We forget our failures. We forget our mistakes. We forget the, the words that we spoke out of uh, anger or irritation or sometimes it's just pure, unwilling to be patient. So we need to place all those things that we've done that were really not what should have been done behind us. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, God says through Isaiah. In Luke 9, 62, Jesus said, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Put your hand to the plow, folks. Look forward. Learn from the past mistakes. Learn from what, what has happened in the past. But don't live in the past. There was a conference of governors some years ago, and the question was raised, What is the greatest thing in the world? To which one response was, the greatest thing in the world is that we can walk away from yesterday. There was a horrific fire in 1871 in Chicago. It leveled a strip five miles long and one mile wide. One survivor, William D. Kerfoot, wrote, All lost except children, wife, and energy. So you got to learn to... Take what God has given you. Take where you are in any life-given circumstance or situation. Grow in that circumstance and situation and move forward. Move on, but move forward. Satchel Paige, the great baseball player, put it this way. Don't ever look back. You might see what's gaining on you. <laughs> and that's true, too, of successes. You need to learn to take those trophies and those plaques and put them out on the shelf somewhere, out of sight and out of mind. Because if we're not too careful, we're going to rest on our laurels. We're going to rest on our accomplishments. We're going to feel kind of smug about ourselves. And as a result, we're not going to be able to achieve the things that God has for us. As a church, it's a very important thing. As an individual, it's a very important thing because you comprise the church family.
We've seen so many wonderful things that are going on. I believe our greatest things are yet to come. The greatest days of Trinity Baptist Church, the greatest days perhaps of the Christian movement worldwide is yet to come. I believe this with everything that's in me. I'm seeing reports of how people are coming to know the Lord. I look at those slides of the people that have united with our church family over the past 12 months, and I am thrilled. I'm excited every time the waters of the baptistry stir, every time the aisle is filled with people walking, making decisions of some magnitude. I am thrilled. Every time I get a phone call or a letter or a card, a note of somebody whose life has been transformed by Jesus Christ, I am thrilled. And I think the best is yet to come. Amen. Focus on the future. What is it? He says, one thing I do. Not only do I forget what is behind, but I strain forward to what is ahead. And what is ahead? And that word straining forward in the Greek is a word that's applicable of a Greek athlete in the Olympics who is running a race and he is straining to break that tape at the finish line ahead of his competitors. And you can see it in slow motion. Every muscle, every sinew, every ounce of energy in his body is straining toward that tape to be the victor. And who's at the tape for you and me but our coach, Jesus Christ? He's there cheering us on. Amen. And he's the one that we look at. We don't just focus on the tape, the finish line. We focus on who's behind the finish line. Wow. Henry Ward Beecher said, every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of anxiety or with the handle of faith. You know, Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19 say, Do not call to mind the former things, or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Habakkuk 1.5 says, Look among the nations. Observe. Be astonished. Wonder. For I am doing something in your day that you would not even believe, though you were told. Amen. Wow. Jeremiah 33 says, God says, call to me and I will answer. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. I don't know about you, but these great and mighty things, I want to see God accomplish things in you and me as individuals and in this church family that can only be attributed to Him. I don't want any of us taking credit for anything that transpires here. I want to see the Spirit of God move in such a magnificent, magnanimous way that people not only inside this church family, but outside the church family and the community and beyond will become astounded at the things that are being told them that the Lord is doing in this church. Amen. Wow. Am I looking forward to 2022 or what? Yes, I am. I can't wait to see what the Lord is going to accomplish. Some of you are still wondering, well, what about this and what about that? What about COVID? What about... It reminds me of the story that I heard of the father in the Bahamas who discovered that his two-story home was engulfed in flames. 
He gathered his wife and several children together, and as they were escaping in the flames, his smallest boy became terrified and ran back inside and upstairs. Outside, his father shouted to him, Jump, son, jump, I'll catch you. The boy cried out, But daddy, I I can't see you. I know, said his father, but I can see you. I can see you. Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul told young Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord of the, the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me, but to all who have loved His appearing. 2022, bring it on. I can't wait to see what the Lord is going to do here. Now you're here this morning and maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Start out a brand new day, a brand new year being a follower of Jesus. We can help you there. Maybe you've trusted Christ but you've never followed Him in public profession of faith or baptism by immersion. We can help you there. And maybe you're looking for a church home. You want a fine family of faith? I don't know of any other one that's any better. Jump right on in. If the Lord's leading you here, this is where you ought to be. And for all of us, this is a time of rededication for this brand new year. Lord, forgive me for spending more time looking in the rearview mirror than I do in the windshield. Forgive me for not looking forward as much as I need to. Forgive me for not realizing that you are doing something in this world that we would not even believe though we were told. Forgive me. At the 8 o'clock service, we had Joe and Shirley Brode unite with our service, with our family by letter, and I know you'll rejoice with them. They are already in new members class. Yes, yes, we engage them real early. I hope you all have a happy new year, and we've got a great week ahead of us. Please be in prayer for, for me, for the staff, for each other as we continue to try to find out exactly where the Lord is leading us. It's going to be exciting days ahead yet to come.